Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to see you, and if you are here for the first time or the second time, good morning, Um, and have not caught the first part of the Inspired series, everything you need to catch up essentially is right there on the first page. And I want to challenge you to, uh, to just read that, and, and thank you so much for being here today. And I want to begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to look at Acts chapter 9 at the inspired example of Saul. Will you pray with me? Father, I ask that each one of us would be willing to make a move today towards your son, Jesus Christ that we would step out of whatever darkness that we are tempted to hide in, that some lie has told us we have to live in. And moving into the light that we would experience the love and the freedom of Jesus Christ in our lives in a new way. Father, we open our hearts and ask that you would inspire us. In Jesus' name, And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, I love this inspired series. And I am honored to be your shepherd and to be around believers who are inspiring. I want you to know, though, that God wants to use your life to help others see that Jesus is is the Son of God. That sounds so simple, but it is the whole purpose of our life on earth as followers in Jesus. And so, we want to talk today about inspired and start from the very beginning foundations of of this truth. And And the most foundational truth of all is simply this, that God inspires. No, He really does people. Honestly, he inspires. And some of you may not feel real inspired, but God does. This is the unstoppable work of God's infinite light. The story of Christmas begins from the Old Testament with with a prophecy from a thousand years behind that said, the people living in great darkness have seen a great light. That is Jesus. And it's a description of our interior world that we are living in the dark apart from the light of God. And John chapter 1 is the beginning of everything. It says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Words are used to communicate. He was with God in the beginning. And through Him, Jesus, all things were made. And without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Think Genesis. Think the inspiration of God when all was dark and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. All of life is the work of the inspiration of a loving God. And then I absolutely love John chapter 1, verse 4. In Him, Jesus, the Son of God, was life And that life was the light of all mankind. 
Your light, my light, the light that we can't find in any other place or in any other person or any other experience on earth. The the whole message of this holy book is that only in Jesus can we find the light that we're looking for, the light that answers the dark within. Verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And I just want to remind you, you may be in a place of great discouragement. You may be in a place of, of down and, and buried, but, but there is a light that has shown in your darkness, in your marriage, in your finances, in, in your family. There is a light that has shown whose name is Jesus. And the darkness of your circumstance and your light and your feeling, um, it has not overcome it. And then one of our series verses is Ephesians 5.13. And I need you to, to, to get this verse, to take a look up, up here, because it really defines who you are and what you're to be in the world. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, right? We would all agree with that. When, when things are dark and you shine a light, you can see it. Everybody agree? Okay, I, I just want a little, this is a little secret here, Okay. 9.30 service has had a rep of being a little more responsive than you guys. They're talking trash about you. I'm just saying. Saying y'all sometimes a little reserved, a little sleepy. Now, I have your back. I want you to know in that 9.30, I totally have your back. But I need you to step up a little bit, okay? And work with me, all right? Don't let the 9.30 service talk about you. Listen to the next part of the verse. We all agree that when something is dark and you shine a light, it's illuminated. I can see it now. And everything that is illuminated, now we're switching to the supernatural, the the kingdom work of of the, the kingdom of heaven, the illuminating work of Jesus Christ. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. It does not merely just get seen It becomes what shines on. It becomes a light. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, then you become a light of the world. And Jesus said this over and over again in the scripture. He said it with really hard to understand words like this. I'm the light of the world. And then other hard words to understand like this. You are the light of the world. (laughs) A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer in the reality of your eternal uh, redemption and your being loved and, and the offer of God to pay all the penalty for your sin and apartness from him, if you embrace the gift of God in Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, then you become the light of the world. Now, 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 God inspires. The, the simple reality is that Kobe Bryant's death has reminded us that life is short. Has it not? I mean, here's a guy who had, and this is not a knock on him, it's just a simple truth. He had, he had unlimited talent, uh, you know, unlimited fame, and, and nearly, evidently, unlimited finances. But you can't control whether you're alive or dead. And, and this world um, is a world in which we are here for a moment and then we are not. And we are not in, in charge of that. We all have to choose how we live. 
This scripture says, that is why he said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Most of us are, are kind of living a little bit our Christian lives like, like the Super Bowl today. And it's a common thing that you've heard before. So there's going to be 22 men on the field who are tired and sweating and giving it their all, right? And they need a break and they need, they need some rest. And then there'll be millions of us, hundreds of millions all around the world eating our faces full, you know, shoving stuff in, drinking sugar water, and all kinds of things, yelling at these guys who are down there sweating as we're sitting needing exercise. <laughs> and that's our idea of participation. In the same way, Satan has, has sidelined most of you um, in the kingdom of God. And most of us are thinking that the real game is played by professionals, people like me, clergy. What in the world does that name even mean? You know, I have no clue. Um, and we give titles and other things to falsely distinguish and, and make other people different than I am. I am no different than you are. The only difference is, is my place in the body. Everything illuminated becomes a light. You are God's A game. You are not called to sit in the stands and, and watch. But, but modern Christianity has become something of an exercise in superstars and, and other more gifted people. I'm just telling you that's garbage. And, and in the kingdom of God, there is not 22 on the field and millions watching. It's everyone who believes on the field. God inspires. And everything illuminated becomes a light. And you, my friend, are called in this dark world to be a light. To step up courageously and boldly to let the world know that Jesus is the Son of God. You need to believe that you're the target of God's holy inspiration and that God is inspiring you. God inspires and he inspires the most unlikely people. <laughs> I mean, this is just true time and time again in Scripture. In Acts chapter 9, verse 1, the, the Scripture tells us the story of the conversion of Saul. Saul was a, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Jew of Jews, and, and he's already responsible in part. He's an accessory to the murder of Stephen earlier in this book. And here we find him in chapter 9, verse 1, in this state. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. I want you to think about that language. Breathing out murderous threats. There's a lot of anger issues. A lot of rage. Uh, unsettled inside of him. Imagine what's going on in his soul that this hatred is pouring out. Not just a, a disagreement, but a hatred to destroy. And, and it's just this... this boiling lava pit of, of rage going on in, in Saul's life. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found there anybody who belonged to the way, that's what we used to be called. We used to be called people of the way, not, not Christians yet. Christians was a, an insult, little Christ. Oh, you're a little Christ? You know, it's an insult that's a compliment. But at this point, we're followers of the way, whether men or women, and they might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, when we're talking about taking a prisoner, you need to understand the ugly and the, the hurt and the hate that's going on. 
Um, there's no presumption of innocence. Uh, people who are religiously convinced they're right are the meanest on earth. This is the heart of ISIS. Uh, you're not a person. You're against God. And, and if you're against God, you deserve to be destroyed. When somebody was arrested, they were essentially um, convicted. They were they were thrown into to, to jail or prison. Their property was confiscated. They were banned socially in every way from, from contact with anybody who wanted to remain a Jew. You would lose your kids as well. So your whole life is over, at least as it's counted on earth. And, and the costs were high. Imagine some of you who love your kids, which is all of you. Imagine somebody barging into your house and arresting you and your wife, and taking you to different places, and then, and then handing your kids out to whoever, and you don't see them again. This is what Saul is, is doing. As he neared Damascus on his journey, confident that he's seeing what he needs to see, and being who he needs to be, and doing what he's, he's God called to do, letter in hand of, of right, a light from heaven flashed around him, and everything illuminated becomes a light. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul's response is, who are you, Lord? Interesting response. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. I would love to hear the tone in Jesus' voice. Probably was not accusatory, probably loving, but still, I can't wait to heaven and get to, get to see this maybe firsthand, played back. Now get up. And go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. Mister sees everything, sees nothing now. He was blind. And, and for the next three days, and he was led by hand into Damascus, and he did not eat or drink anything. God inspires the most unlikely people. And I cannot think of a more unlikely person to be the champion for Christianity than Saul the persecutor. Can you? Now, I want you to think about the person in your life and experience and family who is the least likely to ever be a passionate, wholehearted, um, committed follower of Jesus Christ. Have you got, got that person in your head? Well, God chooses and inspires the least likely person. And that person that you're imagining could be the greatest follower you've ever met. It's possible. Because Luke 18, 27 says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Now, the other person who is the most unlikely that you can think of to ever be inspired by God in a meaningful way, to be on the field and out of the stands to bring light into this dark world, the other person who's the least likely person to ever make a real difference in this world is you, the woman in the mirror, the man in the mirror. But you are chosen of God. That's the simple truth. This is one of the biggest turnaround stories of all time. I mean, it is amazing. And it shows the power of God's love and the possibilities of God's heart and, and the working of God's mind to, to, to choose. But there are some of you here who are saying, it couldn't be me. 
And if that's you, then, then I want you to, to know that the love of the cross has already shouted, it already is. The cross of Jesus Christ is God's, you know, his declaration on planet earth that I have chosen you. God inspires the least likely people. And we all have a part to play in helping a blind world to see that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And his followers, um, you know, are, are now, the people he was leading are now leading him to Damascus. In the next verse, uh, in Damascus, uh, in verse 10, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Where did Ananias come from? I don't know. God just inspires people who are least likely. And again, you sitting there in your chair with all your excuses of why you can't and why you don't and why, why you're not enough. As Craig Rochelle says, he said, you know, this, this deep-seated feeling in me is that in myself I am, I am you know, never enough. On, on my own, I am never enough. And then I hear the whisper of Jesus say, you are never on your own. Okay, I got it. Some of y'all out there saying, I know that God would inspire somebody else. He inspires a Patrice, or he inspires somebody else, but God would never inspire me. Stop it! You are ignoring the cross of Jesus Christ, the shout of God's love to say, I have chosen you. And I didn't just choose you to, to get by. I chose you to be a world changer. I chose you to, to be my love and my light in this broken world. And I really do have an amazing plan and purpose for your life that, that I can make happen. You can't, but I can. Stop making excuses why you're not enough. Uh, Ananias, you know, was inspired of God. And, and, and the Lord said... Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask him uh, for a man named Tarsus, uh, a man named, a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision he has seen that a, a man named Ananias ha- will come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias, Ananias said, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. We all got to talk back to God when he does his choosing, Right? We all got to help God understand the situation on the ground. Well, see, God, what happened was, <laughs> what's going on is, Lord, and if, and if you'll, if you just know what I know, then you'll see that your request is kind of unreasonable. And he's come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, and in the scripture, there's this explanation point. So again, I'd love to hear the tone. Go! This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And I'll show him what the price is, how much you'll have to suffer. And I want to say in the exact same way, and I believe this with all my heart, in the exact same way, you are the chosen of God. And that God has spoken to inspire and that we all consider ourselves least likely. But here we are. And the difference between those of us who will go and, and bask in the light and become the light and those of us who will say no and refuse is brokenness. 
Because you see, God inspires the most unlikely people who've reached their breaking point. There's an eternal difference between being broken and brokenness, right? We're all broken deeply and permanently. And here's, here's the reality. If you could get everything you wanted on planet Earth, you'd still be unhappy. It's just the truth. If in your mind you could get everything you wanted, I'm not even talking about eternity yet, you could get everything on earth, it would not be enough to fill the hole in your soul. Father God has invited you in your broken to brokenness. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Well, there was something in Saul that was ready for a change. I mean, as confident as he was and as angry as he was and as broken as he was, there was in this, this moment with God this recognition of his own emptiness and, and of his own hunger for something more that, that he was in some sense at, at, at such a dead end in his life that only God could be the solution now. And only a new surrender to God and, and, a, and a yielding of control to God, that was the only way forward. Saul, when the light flashes around him, fell to the ground. Now, I don't know if the, the, if the, you know, like lightning, it knocked him to the ground. It didn't anybody else. But I, I, I do know that from this point forward, there's an interesting response to Mr. Confident because he's quiet and the only question he has is, is moved from a, an arrogant rage to a, a very humble question. Who are you, Lord? And then the revelation of Jesus as his solution for life. And the crazy thing about this, this moment of brokenness with, with Saul is that Saul is, for the first time in his life, apparently just quiet. He just shuts up. He who had all the answers and all the education and, and all the rightness, he just shuts up. There's no, there's no arguing with God. There's no debate. Even like Ananias, he didn't even come back at God. He just gets up off the ground. And Mr. I can see better than anybody else, what needs to be done, can't see anymore. And mister, I'm in control with my, my letter from the, 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 the priest to give me power to do whatever I want to do. He's got no power except to hold the hand of somebody in front of him and stumble along. You ever had anybody lead you with a blindfold? It's not a pleasant experience. I have. Because every step you take, you, you know, it's uncertainty and... And, and stumbling, and, and it's, it's really a revelation of weakness. And, and at no point in any of this is Saul doing anything except surrendering and submitting to what God is doing. For years, I grieved my upbringing in an alcoholic family because I had all through those years looked around and seen what everybody else had and I didn't. I don't just mean financially. I mean like in terms of parents and a dad and time with and and I looked at my friends and and I didn't have any of that and I presented it that was my little response growing up later and my 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 friends have uh people to teach them how to drive and they're given cars 
and I'm throwing newspapers at 3.30 in the morning to earn enough to, to get a car, and, and, and I'm, I'm, one of my unspiritual gifts is self-pity. I'm really good. Any of y'all other self-pityers out there? Anybody? Some of y'all going, you didn't raise your hand, and I live with you, and I know you are, so <laughs> you better own up. I'm just telling you, I now praise God for all of that, in all of that. Because there was a point in my broken that I couldn't deny my broken any longer, and now I had to decide whether I was going to turn in brokenness. And I reached a dead end in my life to where I couldn't see any way forward in this world but Jesus. I actually resented being forced into that corner. I really did. I, 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 I remember arguing with God. It's like, you know, this isn't fair. And, and then love won. Guys, when you are inspired, there's a before and after. There is, there is this humility to where Jesus is the only answer. There is this movement from I'm in charge to God's in charge. There's this moment where you don't, any longer try to justify uh, your own will or your own way. It's just, it's just on the ground, in the dark. Jesus, you're all I've got, my only light. Let the humility of brokenness launch you into a whole nother orbit above and beyond your broken. You can live in the energy of your wounding for the rest of your life and, and you can nurse all, the, all of the, that energy and all the wounding. You can... You can Dwell in the dark of your hurt for the rest of your life, or you can be inspired to live from the healing of Christ's redemption. And somehow, in some wordless way, that's exactly what happened in Saul's life. It was Jesus from this moment forward. God inspires the most unlikely people who are at a place of brokenness to do the most unlikely and surprising things. And this is the exciting part of of us moving forward in 2020. This is the exciting part of you realizing that the coach is is down on the field and he's pointing way up into the, the nosebleed section of the stands and over the announcement he's calling your name and he's calling you down onto the field to get into the game. Inspired is more than a feeling. It is courageous action motivated by the selfless love of Jesus Christ. After Ananias, uh, Ananias gives his, his you know, argument with God, he goes and, and, and Ananias went, verse 17, into the house and entered into it and listened to this, placing his hand on Saul. He says, Brother Saul, do you hear the inspired love of God at work in Ananias' life? This guy is a killer. This guy has caused people that that Ananias knew to suffer. And, And what's his response? Redeeming love. Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who's the issue here, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me a clarity of purpose 
so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, right? I mean, he spent all this time persecuting. He spends just three, four, five, seven days with these believers. And verse 20, he does something. It's more than a feeling. It's more than an attitude. It's not just a a kind thought. There is a movement in the inspiration of God that will not let you ignore the dark and the injustice of this world any longer. You who have had the light of God shine on you, you must become the light in the darkness. So you got to go. And that's exactly what Saul does. He goes out and goes to the very place that he was working the arrest of believers. And he teaches, uh, uh, verse uh, 20, one of the most surprising, profound verses in the scripture. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all who heard him were astonished and said, isn't this the one who persecuted and raised havoc in Jerusalem among all those who called on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is Messiah. The greatest turnaround story of all time. I I love it. Breathing murderous threats against the Lord's disciple in verse 1. Inspired by God, the most unlikely of all, and yet yielding and broken, he moves. And once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Inspired brings about impossible change in the name of Jesus. Guys, God wants you in 2020 to use your life, to give your life, to help others see that Jesus is the Son of God. How? There's a billion ways. There's an infinite number of ways. It starts at home. It goes to school. It goes to work. It goes to every broken and lightless place in this world. You who have been in the light of Jesus now become the light of Jesus. And you live an inspired life that is not merely good wishes and and good intentions and do nothing, you know, life. No, no, courageously now, you become the light in the dark. I want to ask you to open your heart in a completely new way for the rest of your life to consider allowing God to have the life that he died to save, bought and paid for on the cross, to let him have your life to do whatever he wants, however surprising, however unlikely, however impossible you may think it is, just let God inspire. And be an example of the unlikely in total surrender and brokenness, revealing in surprising ways the beauty and truth that Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. He's the answer to your every problem, to your hopelessness, to your marriage, to your finances. He's the answer to how you feel about yourself. He's He's the only light that's ever come on this world.
that can never be extinguished by situation and circumstance. Jesus, Messiah, God's son you can trust. I'm gonna ask you to to do something we're uncomfortable with doing and that's to take a little bit of time and I wanna give you a, a couple of minutes to to answer this question, it's right here on the second page of your notes. I really want you to take the pin you're sitting on. It's a seven-run pin. You're free to take it if you use it and take it out of this auditorium and do whatever you want with it. Free pin. <laughs> but first, you must write and answer this question. What are you inspired to do in love to help somebody see in life, in life, your life, that Jesus is the Son of God? And when you're thinking about this, don't just, don't just you know, think that you've got to stop at the top rung of the ladder. I, I, I find that's not the way that I get to the top of the ladder. I can't start up top. I, I start at the bottom. Remember Bethlehem? Love looks pretty small in its beginnings. So don't be afraid of small, okay, in your inspiration. Don't be afraid of the smallest of things. Listen and write. And in just a moment, Patrice is going to call you forward and and these things up here, you may not know what they are, but they are called sparks. And I want you to write on here and put it on the wall out by the stairs. Our kids are killing it. You adults, but your kids are killing it with what they're inspired to do. Big people, it's time to catch up. And I want you to write what you're inspired to do and and put it on the wall as a declaration. And then when you've taken any kind of a step towards towards what you're inspired to do, maybe you've already done it, I want you to grab a light and and I want you to put it in there as a symbol of of one more seven runner inspired, obedient, willing to believe that God inspires the most unlikely people at a place of brokenness to do eternal, amazing things. Answer the question and make your inspired move.